out of those affections and the fellowship of his sufferings. The common reference of both persons to Philippians 3.10 is usually to take the first part, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's a positive blessing to the individual. But seldom is the next part desired or even remembered, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. The latter is not as charismatic and desirable as the first part. It's the latter part that caused even Jesus to pray more earnestly in Luke 22:43, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Then in chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Whatever state that you might be now, that can be done. Maybe you were teenagers, maybe you were married, childless, aged. Whatever state and condition you find yourself in, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. You see, abounding is easy. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to abound. That's the CPT service for you. Eat well every day. Verse 11 says, beginning 1. Verse 10, he says, 
make comfortable and make conformable unto his death. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. This is God's covenant people. So in verse 10, made conformable unto his death. Now we don't have to go to the cross and die for our sins, but we're conformable unto such a death. So Jesus would say, the ones that were under him, he would say, sell all that you have, give to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. He said that to more than one, take up your cross, and follow me. So we all have a cross to bear. It's not to go to Calvary and live a crucified life. But it is something, a cross. Many scripture pictures, on the day that Jesus was crucified, Scripture says that he took up his own cross and he bore his own cross. And I know he did no more bloating because the person who was present when they died was God. And he was chosen to help them and bear their sins. But it does say he took up his own cross and bore it. Verse 12, Paul learned to be abased, to be humbled to have affliction. Verse 15, no thing can injure us. Say it again. Go somewhere in the churches area that had heard the message. Our message today is a restoration of the word that Paul preached. This is not new. That's why turn back to is what all the denominations say they have, that they are from the original church. They all say that, Jesus Christ, the Catholics, they were the first, and the Catholics were the first denomination that organized the Christianity. But after Paul's message had went out in this area, he had even joined them left, then he would go back under the three or four scripts that he had. And in this scripture, verse 15, he says, no church can injure us. It was not made abased to them. No church. And they were all based to be gone with Paul's message because he was God's prophet in that first church age the one that wrote the scriptures till the enter that Paul says if any man think himself to be spiritual or a prophet let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord now that's on a higher order than just saying something about the law saying things there like that we are spiritual we have a major word problem called pride Then said, I want to be Jesus, and they said, No, you're not. Well, they said, Well, it would be a pleasure if you did this for us. And he says, But you will do it. <coughs> and then Brother Branham asked, He says, Well, was Paul? 
that's because we don't
first thing you need in your faith is you have to be able to submit to the church. Now, you guys might have some kind of a theological You know, you, you didn't stay in the family. They didn't stay too long. They just went off to Hungary, verbally speaking. And if you didn't stay in your thing to get them started, then you probably just can't be a Christian. they think about that spirit that's within you. That may be your lifestyle. So don't take it personally. There's the spirit of Satan, his demons, that's against God. This is a warfare between God and Satan. And it started in heaven by Lucifer, started the war, and uh, then it came to the point before the demons were cast out of heaven. They were, that Lucifer made a lot of trouble. And that was the first warfare was in heaven. So don't think the stranger that comes to your household or to a church are warfare that takes place wrongfully in terribly where you work or something. Remember that Jesus is dealing that influence of the high priest the high priest, he does have a position, he is in another dimension physically at the right hand of God, and yet it's two people put it that way, one was Stephen, one at the right hand of God, I see him standing at the right hand of God, and then he pleaded uh,
that means to oppose him, all of his demons want to oppose him. Now, they have control over everybody else, but Satan, Satan just does. He rules the world and he rules everybody in it because there's nothing within those individuals to withstand him. So we are commanded to cast him out. And we, we do that in the name of Jesus Christ. No other name but in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the name. I might add here just a point. I heard someone say that they talked to the devil and tell him, give me back my joy. Give me back my healing. The devil doesn't have anything that you lost. He's only capable of getting you to unbelieve and you losing it. If you want your joy, you're going to have to go back to Jesus. If you want your healing, you go back to Jesus. <coughs> the devil doesn't have it. You can cast him out and so forth, but just that phrase, you know, that, you know, Satan, you've given me just that. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have any good thing that you lost. You're going to have to go back to Jesus. Go right back where you lost him, lost Jesus, and find what you need. His storehouse is plentiful. It's full of full. On the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins. We repent. We're not repenting to earn our forgiveness, but we repent.
they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. They will keep your saying. What are you saying? You're saying what Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying. God's prophet is at any time restored. He's saying what he said. The Son of Man is being revealed. The Son of Man is revealing himself, not William Brown. In the day when the Son of Man is revealed, that's Jesus Christ. Brother, Brother Branham was a son of God that healed him. But Jesus Christ didn't come in that day to reveal William Branham. God, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, was revealing himself through William Branham. So that's why we hold to what he's saying, because as someone's indicated prophet, every day that angel stood by God's prophet, every day, never an exception. There was thousands of prophets and hundreds of thousands of prophets there. When he said he saw that light moving, so-and-so certain paragraph and book, and Satan was poking over that angel's wings, giving details of what was before, what the future is of that, that's a prophet. Here's a prophet telling those things that Nobody in the congregation knew, but that person probably. And there, God's prophet is speaking it out. It didn't take years for it to be done, but that's why you raise up your hand here. You raise up your hand. These, these people have been terrified. They've been bewildered. Myself, I've listened to some of them myself. You get the next tell me when I go to church in Chicago or Los Angeles or wherever I go. I could find them. But all these things, verse 21, will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. In John 17, 14, Jesus is, is in prayer to the Father. I have given them we pray in the 17th chapter prayer to the Father with regarding the assembly. I have given them, these apostles, thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Jesus is saying to the Father, I am not of this world. <coughs> he came from somewhere, even though he was virgin born he was somewhere before that and he's saying these apostles now they're not of this world either they're not of this world even as I am not of this world these words are important so where did the apostles come from so orchestrated they had all been together back then. Jesus said, well, you've got 120 
slavery is not above his master nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be absent servant as his lord we can be as our lord it is enough for the disciple verse 25 that he be as his master and the servant as his lord if they have called the master of the house beelzebub lucifer the head of all the demons how much more shall they call him
said, I do this because what thou must do, be good to them. And he got up and left. The scripture says that they all thought that Jesus was just Judas because he was the close priest and Judas was the disciple of the treasurer. verse we're looking at is Mark chapter 10 verse 35 through 40. And James and John were sons of Zebedee came unto Jesus saying Master we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Verse 40, but the 
sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. So that begins the prepared part, prepared teaching, prepared teaching. The next verse is in Luke 22, 39 through 44. And Jesus came out and went, and he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. It took a revelation to see the revealed word in a lamb being slaughtered 2,000 years ago. A bloody blood oozing from him in the garden. A blood oozing from him when he strikes the face on his back and his rib cage, even on the back side, was showing through. Chunks of flesh torn from his body by the whips of these what do we call them? Martians. Martians. Even as he was done on the feet with such accuracy being beaten beautifully. These men were trained on how to use a whip and how to bring it down with the top of each body that it would go off the buttocks and drip sweat from our Lord's body. And they did it to other people. They were trained to torture and whipping. It takes a revelation to see the word today while being crucified for suffering. Today, spiritually now, is the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the Word. You remember Brother Branham preaching once, it's called the indictment. There they crucified him. Meaning that it's the holiest of people that they titled as holy. In the holy city, Jerusalem, they crucified him in Jerusalem. Outrageous death king of glory that had been slain. We're looking at Hebrews 6. We'll open up these verses 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. We have all been enlightened. But there's some that were enlightened and who have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, 
renew them again unto repentance, which they crucified to themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. I'm going to say additionally, everyone is testifying that has never heard this message. They are all today testifying. They are either testifying to the positive word of God and the effects in their life, or they have backslid, turned it down, and they are testifying, as the prophet said, testifying that the Holy Ghost is not sufficient to hold you in this day and age. Not sufficient to hold you against the wiles of Satan. So anyone that's left this message and they're out there dressing like the world, acting like the world, speaking like the world, they're testifying. They're saying the Holy Ghost is not sufficient. But there is a people that are testifying by their lives that the Holy Ghost is sufficient to keep them in this day, in this wicked hour. So we share today in the fellowship of that suffering, in that rejection, in that death that's taking place of Christ. This is the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the word being crucified because his body won't do that anymore. The Holy Spirit is in you. You may have to die physically. You may have to submit to Croats and ridicule. Uh, Satan has not given up what he believes. We saw he took a third of the angels down and all those demons who are casting out, they all were created by Jesus Christ before they fell. So no wonder they obey to come out in the name of Jesus Christ. On that one occasion when Jesus went near uh, Gennesaret to the northern part of Israel, and he was going along and a man that was in the tombs and chains wouldn't hold him. He, he came out because he had a desire to get to Jesus for his own sake. So he came out of that and fell down at Jesus' feet. So he was willing to be delivered. But he, the demons that were in him, in him said to Jesus, Art thou come to destroy us before the time? The demons know that they have a time set that they're going to be destroyed in the lake of fire. They believe there's one God, not three. The de devils believe in God, and they're trembling. And so that's why we have the power in the name of Jesus Christ to cast out devils. They are in submission to the authority of Jesus Christ. We don't have to hide and duck down or get into the heavens. These are our, I'm concluding now with two Bible references. The first 
sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ, and I'm adding to others, it abounds to others, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation of your souls, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be where whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So Paul was going through this. The early church believers were going through this. The believers in the Laodicean church age are going through this. And we want to be faithful. Verse 7, and our hope of you is steadfast, says Paul, knowing that as you have partakers, that you are the partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the consolation. You're going to be comforted. <coughs> Hallelujah. God con was condescended when he was pleased to send Christ. If the pillar of fire in God's presence was on the earth in the Old Testament, in the holy place of the Ark of the Covenant, and God does not diminish his manifestation, but progresses and unfolds himself more indicatively, where then that manifestation, where is his manifestation now going? And to what extent should he now be seen and experienced upon the earth? His holiness and his ability to sustain us in all opposition and adversity. Are you suffering for Christ? Most Christians at the least bit of resistance go with Peter before his Holy Ghost baptism and deny even knowing told the way Peter did before he ever got baptized. But I was a great one. Yeah, I was a disciple of Christ. I used to sneak out and sneak out and sneak out and sneak out and try to get to him. And I believe the Holy Spirit was with me. The Holy Spirit will not say one thing is a lie or not at all in the meeting, whether it be the pastor all the same the gaze of the world does not weaken in heaven. That they are not led to physical and spiritual adultery for just a piece of bread. Where are the men and the women that will withstand in the hour of temptation and stand for Christ 
stand for his word. Amen. Brother, sister, you are delicate in his suffering today. It is Christ that is delicate in you, that is respectful. In the world, he littles you, they dress you right, they mock you, they're not going to where you need to. Your you ladies refuse to touch your hair. You men have your hair cut. You are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You obey God's words that are of his seventh message of prophets. William Branham, who has a message of all the prophets in the Bible that are mentioned. You refuse to put a private interpretation to the word. You claim that you don't have an idea from it of your own. You live moral, clean lives, but will attain unto the resurrection. That's where we're all headed, is to the resurrection. The next thing for the rapture is the resurrection of the dead. There's no rapture without the resurrection. So we're waiting that resurrection when all this is completed up since Christ rose and he entered in with the elect of the Old Testament that we're seeing walking in Jerusalem today. Now in this day and age, there's going to be a resurrection of the elect of the New Testament. And they're going to come forth from Paul's age all the way up through this age. they're already going to have their glorified bodies. the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ 